1: Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Naktagal. We have an exciting program for you today. Earlier this week, I was able to interview Dr. Yiftach Shalev. He is the co-director of the Givati parking lot excavation here in Jerusalem. He's also a longtime friend of mine and also a former uh, worker with uh, Dr. Elot Mazar. And so we go back a decade. And I was able to go down to the dig and talk to him for about half an hour and see the location and the bulla itself. This discovery that was released earlier this week, the seal imprint of an official in king josiah's court nathan malik is his name and he was unearthed back in late 2018 and only released to the public earlier on last week at really the precise time that i was giving uh, my program last week not even discussing this because i didn't know about it Um, then i finished my program and lo and behold we have this discovery of a biblical personality that has come out of the ground once again here in Jerusalem. There's not too many of them that have been uh, confirmed by archaeology. There's probably about a a handful, five or six of them. Most of those have been discovered in excavations of Dr. Elot Mazar and also Yigal Shiloh before uh, before her in the city of David. And now you have this uh, opposite side of the hill of Jerusalem from Yigal Shiloh's excavation that's being excavated And once again, we have the discovery of a biblical personality, the seal impression, the name, and the title of an individual mentioned in the Book of Kings. And so I'll be talking about that more, uh, the Buller itself, and the larger context of its discovery inside the Givati parking lot excavation with co-director Dr. Yiftak Shalev in the second half. Before I get to that, though, I do want to give some context of King Josiah's reign and you'll you'll we'll talk about how we know that this is dated to king Josiah's reign in the interview so you can just wait for that but i'm just going to read this verse where this man's mentioned in second kings chapter 23 and verse 11 this is the new king james version i'll read this version just for clarity's sake it says this quote then he removed the horses of the kings of that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun at the entrance of the house of the eternal by the chamber of Nathan Malach, the officer who was in the court, and he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. And so you have this type of uh, worship of the sun where there was sun, sh- where there's chariots and horses. And this was back during pagan times. They were being used, pagan times in Judah, they were being used to worship the sun and, and Josiah comes in at age eight and then starts to get to know God or becomes closer to God. And then eventually throughout his reign, he starts to rid the land of Judah, the southern kingdom of, of Judah, uh, from of idolatry and restore true worship of God as they had been instructed all the way back to the time of Moses and follows after the tradition of the righteous kings of Judah. Of course, the northern kingdom of Israel was already gone into captivity by this time. They went into captivity around 720 uh, BCE, and here we are in Josiah's reign around 640 BCE. And so we're going back 2650 years when we're talking about this seal impression of Nathan Malik. And so a bullet, if you're not familiar with it, is simply a seal impression. This is the impression that a seal makes. If you've got a ring or a uh, your seal basically is your 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 name or your title, what you do. Uh, a seal would designate ownership of something. And so you have your personal seal, maybe on a ring like Nathan Malik would, and you're writing in a Official correspondence somewhere that's going to be stored and so you write your scroll and then you put some uh, some reeds or something around it and then right on those reeds or right on the, the 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 cords that are sealing this document you put a piece of wet clay and you stamp your seal into it and even on the back side of this uh, bulla or seal impression you can see the, where those cords were and how it was attached to a document and so, this wet clay becomes hard and becomes even extra hard if the building in which it was uh, located was burnt burnt to a crisp basically firing this pottery and so for 2650 years later we can be excavating or somebody else can here in Jerusalem and unearth in perfect uh, perfectly preserved Uh, a a first name or a name of an individual from the biblical period. And so here we have this man that's a part of the the cleansing of this temple precinct area during Josiah's reign. And this is really supporting the biblical narrative of King Josiah. As I was talking about last week, you have really important biblical figures that are being discovered like King Hezekiah or like Isaiah the prophet uh, on these seal impressions. But you also have seemingly insignificant figures, such as this man, a man that nobody would remember if you, if you like uh, Yiftach Shalev and Yuval Gadot, the, the other director here of this excavation, discovered this buller in the field and you dusted it off as they did and read it right there. And then they read Nathan Malek, but I'm sure that they didn't recognize that this was somebody from the Bible. Because this is one of those insignificant names, or at least a character that we're not familiar with right off the bat. And yet, even when the Bible is mentioning insignificant figures, we know that they are real people. Real people. And that's what this is confirming somebody from Josiah's time, we can even talk about uh, the, the bullet from uh, Jeremiah's time, princes from Jeremiah's time that are mentioned, or, or ministers that are mentioned from Jeremiah's time, from Jeremiah chapter 38 and verse 1. We had two of those that were discovered basically on the other side of the city of David from where this excavation is. If you think in terms uh, of the excavation. Um, sorry, if you think of the City of David in terms of being a long, narrow ridge. And here we are at the very top of that ridge in the northern part of the ridge. Uh, the eastern side of this ridge has got the Kidron Valley, a really steep valley. And then it's about 65, 70 meters across the top of the ridge before it drops off again into the western valley or the central valley. This excavation, the Givati parking lot excavation, is in on the ridge, on the on the slope of the western side of the city, Area G, of Yigal Shalom and Dr. Elot Mazar later, uh, that is on the eastern side of the, of the slope of the ridge. And over there on the eastern side of the slope, we found Gedaliah, ben Pashur, and he is mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 38 and verse 1, another figure that's seemingly insignificant, that you don't really recall, that doesn't come to, come to mind. But here we have the insignificant figures being confirmed by archaeology, which shows that the larger picture of the Bible is definitely true, is definitely accurate especially during Jeremiah's time. There's a lot of proof of that. But there is also proof, a lot of proof of Josiah's um, uh, time and how you have the biblical description of Josiah's reign being confirmed by archaeology. Yes, we have an individual now from that time uh, that's been confirmed by archaeology. But if you go back to Manasseh's reign, he is the, the wicked king. Um, uh, that ruled for a long, long time uh, before Josiah. Well, one, two kings before Josiah. Josiah's father Ammon was only ruled for a couple of years, but Manasseh was ruling for fifty years. We have actual proof of his name uh, coming up from um, from Assyrian documents. And Esarhaddon, Esarhaddon is one of the Assyrian uh, kings, and he wrote in the first quarter of the seventh century a prism. And on that prism, it talks about how he uh, called the kings of the county, country Hattie or all these kings on the other side of the river, on the other side of the Euphrates River, this territory that he governed over. And one of those was Manasseh, king of Judah. And so we know Manasseh is as a, as a real biblical figure coming before him, before Josiah. We also know other figures uh, from Josiah's life have been testified to by archaeology. If you go and read uh, the the accounts of Josiah in both the Book of Kings or Chronicles, you have this scribe, a sofa, that is mentioned in context of the cleansing of the temple. And his name was Shaphan, Shaphan. And it's a really compelling bit of, bit of scripture where you have the high priest Hilkiah being ordered by Josiah to cleanse the temple um, and to really give it a refurbishment and make, take all the rid of the pagan idolatry that was there, take down the altars of the former kings that they built there so that true worship could be restored. And in that cleaning process, the book of the law was discovered. A very special copy of the book of the law was discovered. Now, Hilkiah, the high priest, he doesn't transport the book of the law to the king to show him there, to show him what was discovered. Shaphan does. Shafan the scribe. And this Shafan the scribe, if you go back, I think, two or three programs, we talked about him. We talked about him because we have found a seal impression of his son, Gamariah, the son of Shaphan. That was discovered in the 80s by Yigal Shiloh in area G. Again, on the other side of the northern part of the ridge of the city of David from where the Gavati parking lot uh, excavation was. And basically the same context that this man from Josiah's time was found in, at least his seal impression. And so we know Shafan is a real man as well. There's lots more from King Josiah's time as well that is backed up uh, by archaeology. Now, what's really interesting about King Josiah is he wasn't, just concerned with the territory of Judah, the smaller territory of Judah in the south. He was concerned about the complete territory that God gave the Israelites. Even though those northern tribes had already gone into captivity, Josiah went about cleansing more of the land of pagan idolatry. He went up into the north. He went up into the area that the Samaritans were now inhabiting and tried to, as best he could, was to to destroy and break down their high places of worship. They're pagan uh, sanctuaries. And he actually expanded the kingdom of Judah. It's really interesting at the time that he was coming into power. And shortly thereafter, you had this moment of history where the Babylonians were rising. The Assyrians were coming down in power. The Egyptians were trying to support the Assyrians against the rising Babylonians. And it's in this state of uh, empire flux, let's call it, where there is a window of time that opens up for these, um, the expansion of Judah's kingdom under King Josiah. He ruled in this perfect window where no one was really quite strong enough to dominate Judah. And you could say, well, that's the whole reason that he rose to power. Or you could say that God created that window also so that Judah would rise to power. And so we have proof of Josiah's kingdom expanding all the way to the coastline, just south, or including modern-day Tel Aviv and southward. There was a a, a large fortress that was discovered here on the coast, about 15 kilometers south of Tel Aviv, I believe it is. It's called Mesad Hashav Yahu. And there we have a a written document or an ostracon, which is basically just a writing on the piece of pottery, that talks about how um, at this garrison, you had uh, one of the, the low-level employees that had given over his coat to one of the middlemen, uh, that was his overseer, and this was some type of collateral. He probably owed him something. But the Bible talks about how one of those laws um, that talks about how in, in Deuteronomy 24 and Exodus 22, that if you give your cloak as collateral, you have to get it back by sunset. He has to give it back to you overnight. But it had been three days apparently, and his coat wasn't given back, Given back, and so this young man was was upset by it. And this is what he said. Let my lord the governor hear the word of his servant. Your servant is a reaper. Your servant was in Hassa Assam, and your servant reaped, and he finished, and he was storing up the grain during these days before the Sabbath. And so here you have a an Hebrew, uh, a nicely written Hebrew message from King Josiah's time, and we can date it precisely to King Josiah's time, all the way on the coast. And he's writing to the governor saying, hey, I'm talking about the Sabbath. This is the first mention of the Sabbath, mind you, outside the Bible. Again, 2,700, 2,650 years ago. And he's saying that the overseer, he took my coat and he didn't give it back. And it's the sunset has come and gone. It's been three days and I want it back. And so we won't read the rest of it. But here is more proof to show that the Bible's description of King Josiah's enlarged kingdom is accurate, is accurate. We also have, from King Josiah's time, the discovery of the Keteph Hinnom scrolls. This is the oldest uh, uh, discovery of biblical scripture found outside the Bible. Scripture that's found outside the Bible was written on two silver amulets, and they were, they were buried in a tomb from Josiah's time and excavated by uh, Professor Gabriel Barcai, and there are lots of other objects that were found in association with these two scrolls, but it took them years to actually be deciphered because they were made of silver. They were tightly round, wound together, and they were made known to the public in 1988. And these scrolls, as I said, date from King Josiah's time. And what do they mention? Well, they mention these biblical passages that are found in Numbers chapter six and also Deuteronomy chapter seven. And one of the amulets reads this, May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May Yahweh make his face to shine. Well, that sounds familiar. I'm not reading the Bible. Well, maybe I am. I'm reading the silver amulet from Josiah's time. And so this was really important, this discovery, um, because... Until this was found, there was lots of people that you know dated or said the latest possible time that we know that the Bible was written was the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they were they were a good six hundred years, seven uh, five hundred years after this moment, after Josiah's reign. And yet, with these discoveries, we know that they're quoting Deuteronomy, they're quoting Numbers in some type of uh, and associating that in a tomb, and so this was not something that was just made up there and then. In Josiah's time, obviously, it had a tradition of being part of their sacred works, being part of the Bible, being part of the law of Moses. And here we are. They are buried uh, with in tombs from King Josiah's time again. And it kind of speaks to the religious revival that was taking place during Josiah's time as well. And so I'm not going to go into more proofs uh, from King Josiah's time, but the biblical account is accurate. Even those professors in Israel that want to discount the Bible as being accurate, they will readily admit that Josiah, the account of Josiah, though they say has some errors here and there, paints a a largely accurate picture. So for those that would want to just throw out the Bible as being a a fable of Jewish scribes sometime in the first century, well, you need to really consider what's coming up in archaeology. These are excavations, like even this excavation in in the Gavati. Even as the interview brings out, these aren't two excavators that are are out to uh, confirm biblical accuracy, probably more so the other way. Uh, they would just say they, they are, and they're very good archaeologists uh, as well, uh, Yuval Gadot and, and um, Yiftach Shalev, very good archaeologists. They know what they're doing, but they they don't have some secret agenda. They're not from even Hebrew University, although Yiftach went there for his under undergraduate study. Um, they are from other universities. Yuval Gadot calls himself a biblical minimalist, and yet here we have their excavation seal impressions from 2,650 years ago that mention biblical characters, a character from the Bible, a real person from the Bible. And so right now we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll be hearing this interview with Dr. Yiftak Shalev, uh, the co-director of the Gavati parking lot excavation, in which this seal impression from King Josiah's time was found. We'll be right back.
0: This is Watch Jerusalem on kpcg.fm. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. We're going to cut away now to the interview I took earlier on in the week with the co-director of the Gavati parking lot excavation, Dr. Yiftak Shalev. And this is going to take us through the end of the program. So if you do have some, any, some feedback you would like to pass along, you can write your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. But now, the interview. All right, I'm here with Yiftak Shalev. He is the co-director of the Gavati parking lot excavation. Thanks very much for doing this. No
0: problem. Thank you for coming.
1: Yeah, um, so obviously there's been a lot of news over the past week about the discovery of this uh, very important seal impression from the time of biblical period of King Josiah. I want to put that aside and Mm -hmm. we'll get to that. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, First, I want to hear about you and your history with archaeology. Ah, okay. So, uh, as you said, my name is Ishtar Shalev. I'm a PhD. I'm dealing with archaeology for almost 20 years now. Uh, started my BA and MA uh, degrees in the Hebrew University in Jerusalem and then moved to Haifa University for my PhD. I was working at the Tel Dor excavation for almost 15 years and then when finishing my PhD I signed in to the Israel Antiquities Authority, conducted several excavations in different places in, uh, in Israel for two or three years and since, well, it's two years, two years now that I'm co-directing the excavation here in Givati with my colleague Professor, professor Yuval Gadot from the Tel Aviv University.
1: Yeah, so this, this excavation has been going on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a, a number of years. I remember actually the first time I met you back in 2000, uh, 2006. This is where we parked our car to work on the excavations over at the, the city of right, David. exactly.
0: Actually, the excavation here started even before. It started in 2003. But since the area is so big, it was conducted in, 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 uh, in stages. Mm-hmm. It started with the excavation of uh, Eli Shukun and uh, Roni Reich as a test excavation. Or actually, let me go one step back. The moment uh, El Ad bought the area and decided that they want to build here, the building, a conference center, or whatever they want to do it, according to the Israeli law, the Israel Antiquity Authority have to go and do some rescue excavation. So this is started out as a salvage excavation. Right, exactly. And of course, here in Jerusalem, everyone knew that there's lots of material on the ground, so everyone anticipated it's going to take many years. So it started with a small excavation by Eli Shouko and Ron Reich, just more or less to, to test and to see how many layers we got here. And that basically, just behind us, right? Yes, this was just the behind us. Test. This was the test okay. here. And they started digging from the topsoil down to bedrock, mm-hmm. exposing more or less nine layers, starting with the Abbasid period and going down all the way to the uh, Iron Age, more or less 9th century, 8th century BC. Right. Uh, they finished their excavation. And then two other archaeologists, Doron Ben Ami and Jana Chekhanovic, they entered and they started digging in, I think, 2006, and it was an ongoing excavation for 10 years. And basically they exposed most of what we can see here Mm -hmm. now. Their excavation uh, ended in 2006, where basically the the notion was that we know more or less all the layers that are here. They found remains, some of them really, really important, from all the different layers. Mm -hmm. So, the idea was to, be, to build the, the structure on columns so the archaeology flow will be below it. It won't hurt it, well, not hurt it uh, as too, much? too much. And people can visit and the excavation can continue. Uh, that was the stage when we start uh, our excavation, which is no, no longer a salvage excavation. Okay. Givati is located on the slope of the ridge.
1: So, this is the just for terms of geography we're on the western side of the city of david right. the city of david ancient the more ancient part of jerusalem um, that is like a, a long ridge the eastern slope is the kidron valley and on the western side we have the west uh, the central valley or the tyropian valley and this is as it comes down into the valley right on the the western slope right of the exactly the city of so
0: david. B- basically the the Tyropian or the central valley as you called it is running well we don't really know but about 30 meters 40 meters to the west so of course according to the original topography the wester you go the deeper you get now which time and this is something that already Doron and jana found the valley was backfilled so let's say during the roman period the late roman period 5th 6th century a.d it was already completely full so the roman layer is basically floating some 14-15 meters above the original bedrock here so -hmm. if you want to get to the bedrock which is the original construction during the uh, the iron age you need to dig down 40 meters that's why it takes so long and of course in archaeology the further down you get the narrower the area gets because you can't just dig huge huge pits in the ground so it takes time and then they, they did find remains from the iron age but they found it in certain pits what happened is that we came and we we already started digging in a layer that was early hellenistic so we had much smaller amount of soil less to to get through exactly yeah so we were lucky in that sense okay so right now um you've obviously come out with
1: these a seal impression and uh (laughs) some guy's pretty happy to be here (laughs) Huh. Huh. Do you know him? No. Okay. Just an uh, excited it's Jerusalemite yeah, 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 or tourist yeah, yeah. one of the yeah, two? You know Jerusalem. Jerusalem syndrome. Yeah, exactly. wow. <laughs> wow. People <It's>, getting excited. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. So what made the news this week is you're finally down, or you are down, not necessarily finally. They've all got importance, wow. uh, these layers, but you're down into the, the, the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem, I guess, sometime right. around that. And in that destruction, if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, is where you found these, a seal, the actual seal itself, of uh, uh, an ancient individual, and then a seal impression of somebody that's mentioned in right. the biblical text.
0: Well, um, possibly mentioned. Possibly. Let's, let's be accurate about that. So, so, yeah, we started digging, as I said before, in a layer which was early Hellenistic. Removing that, we already came down on a very massive wall built of uh, ash or stones, big chisel stone, and digging down, we, we understood that we are digging basically debris of a collapse of a destruction. Lots of fallen stones, lots of burnt beams. Some of them are one meter wide. Wow. Just uh, like the the beam itself, width or length? Yeah, yeah, like, length. The length of of the beam yeah, was one meter. Well, I, I, I assume they About were that. much okay. ma- much uh, longer, longer originally, and. Coming down to the floor, we real, basically what we found is that a structure who is still standing, preserved for two and a half meters high. The walls of the first floor are totally uh, preserved. Okay. There is even a window in one of the walls. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. You usually not not only in in Jerusalem, it's very rare in archaeology to find built remains structure which preserves so, so nicely. So this is at
1: least a two-story high building. Exactly. From yeah. Uh, put a, put so,
0: a, we, we don't really know where it was constructed because okay. it's, it's built on bedrock. So, okay. we still didn't remove all the floor, so we don't know exactly. So, which... which um, I mean, have you, you've gone through a floor, I guess? We went through a floor in a certain place and we found a bedrock just beneath it. Okay, But, comparing this structure with, other, with what we know from Jerusalem, we assume that it was built somewhere in the late 8th, first half of the 7th century probably. And the, the pottery on the floor, uh, crash vessel found in situ, are all dated to the, the period that we call Iron Age 2C, basically the le- late 7th, early 6th century BC. Since the house was destructed by big fire. Right. And we already know about other houses here in Jerusalem, mostly on the eastern slope mm-hmm. of the ridge, that were destructed in that period. Everything fit together to the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonian in 586 B.C. The structure is well dated to that period. Uh, the two finds, as you mentioned them, one is... If s- I
1: could, before we get to
0: that, sure. I just want a little bit more on the context mm-hmm. of the
1: finds, since context is, is supreme in this right. case. Yeah. Uh, considering there was a, I guess there was a uh, last couple of days, there has been another seal impression that's come up that was on the antiquities of market, that looks very similar, if not right. the same. Which it's, it's, yeah, it's probably possible.
0: it seems to be the same. I don't know if it was made with the same seal exactly, it needs to be tested. This seal impression is known for twenty years now. Right. But not important because Well oh. it's still
1: important but lacking the the context, we know it was we don't know where it was found. Exactly. So we don't know the yeah. right context.
0: So today archaeologists are more cautious, let me say that, about stuff that was found in the antiquities market. So the seal, the seal impression, this seal impression was important enough to be mentioned. That it was published, but people always look at it uh, hesitantly. I yeah, guess. you don't really know where it came from. So we can mention that it was found, but you can't base an argument on on this find. Now that we found our uh, bulla in the right context, here in Jerusalem, so it, in in a way, you you can say that the other ones. is Pro- it probably. might be original as well. We, we will never be able right. to say that uh, for sure.
1: Right. So the you say it was found in a destruction, right. uh, probably the Babylonian period destruction. Right. Um, and the building itself it seems to be built eighth century, possibly. Yes. Yeah, um, but you know the the material that was on the bedrock itself, adjacent to these walls, I guess that were built on bedrock that you're saying. Right. The material that's underneath this floor. Um, do you have any earlier material, or is, well, is it interspersed, or is
0: it? As, as I said before, the floor were lying right on the bedrock, and well, walking in this house, you can see that the bedrock was chiselled in order to fit the new construction. So okay. sometimes you don't have material at, at the places where we dug under the floor. We didn't find any datable materials. We still hope to enlarge. But the floor it.
1: itself, you just said, was chiseled for the sake of these walls.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the, the floor itself is, you know, it's just a very, right, very, right, thin right, very thin line of air. Yeah, so yeah. you can't, there's nothing inside it. Right. So what we got right now is the, the material that dates the end of right. that structure. Okay. Hopefully, in the next few months, I, I hope we will enlarge the area. And as I said before, since the the, the bedrock is sloping to the west, mm-hmm. I assume that the western will go, we will find material underneath the floor. We're not there yet. Okay,
1: great. So it's still ongoing. Okay, let's talk about the actual individual. Okay. Um, the name, what's, what was
0: the name written on the bulla itself? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the name of the Buddha is uh, Netan-Melech. Actually, the bulla reads, Le-Netan-Melech eved To Netan-Melech, okay. uh, oh, sorry. Belong to, or belongs to Netan-Melech. eved is the servant of the king. Right. It's, uh, and it means, it's a title that means that this person was a high official in the court. We don't know exactly what he, what he did, but it means that he had a high rank. Uh, we know that f- from the meaning of the, the title, Eved but also from the fact that is mentioned on the bulla with his first name only. Mm-hmm. Usually still... So Netan
1: Melech is one name. Yeah,
0: Netan Melech, that's his name, okay. one word. Uh, and it's a, it's a relatively rare name. I mean, it's the first time that it was found on any document Outside of the Bible, leaving aside that, that other bulla that we talked about, and in the Bible itself, it's mentioned only once, in uh, Kings. So I would two. say it's incredibly rare, in that it's e- unique. Yeah, well, <laughs> as far as knowing as history, far as we know today, maybe right, in ten years from now people right, will right, find I don't know right, fifty more bulls and documents, right, but right. for now it's the first time we found something like that.
1: So do you think that adds weight to the fact that it's adds weight to the idea that it's uh, yeah? The so man from
0: the Bible? Oh, let, let me let, let me count it. Okay. Uh, in order, so we got a name which is relatively rare, appears on the bulla and in the Bible. The date of the bulla, according to epigraphy, the, the shape of the letter, mm-hmm. is second half of seventh century, early sixth century, which is exactly the time that this person was active here in Jerusalem, uh, and the date of. The context, the, the structure itself, is also the uh, second half of 7th century, early 6th century. So when you combine all these three facts together, you get to the notion that it's very, or let me say, it, it is likely that these two persons are the same one. We won't be able to say it for sure. What would you need? I want to just push back on
1: this, because I, I what would you need okay. to determine whether what would be an added proof that could somehow tip it over the edge that we know it's this man?
0: Okay, for example, when you find the bull of Kiao the king, mm-hmm. okay, you don't need anything more. When you find Mariah ben Shafan, okay, it, it gives you enough. When you got the name and the title, there might be that our Netan was actually active in the day of uh, Tzelekiah, and there was another Netan Melech, his father, his grandfather, I don't know, 50, 60 years before. So statistically, the odds are the odds are that the two are together, but you still have... So you're saying the, because
1: it's lacking a last name, I suppose, or something yeah, like that. exactly. Okay. Okay, and um, this other, uh, the, the seal itself, that was... Okay. Um, the, let's, the, let's talk
0: about that a little okay. bit. Okay, so the seal mentioned another person. His name is Akar. In Hebrew, it's Aleph Hafresh. Uh, ben Metanyahu, son of Metanyahu. Mm-hmm. Metanyahu is a common name. We, we know it from uh, several places from the Bible and from uh, other documents. But Akar is, is a new name. We never met him before. We don't know exactly what it means. Uh, the, the, let's just talk about the epigraphy on that. Is okay. that does that match? The, yeah, the it's, same, it's, it's, it's the, the letters of the sh- same shape, so it's dated to the same period. Mm-hmm. Was was this found? Were both of these found in the field or in wet sifting? No, no in the field. They were found during the excavation. That's that amazing. Yeah, actually, it's, good for it's them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoever found it, you got to you got to pay them a bonus or something. It's yeah, very I'll, difficult to do is to find a boule in in the field. Exactly. For example, so, just in area G over there, basically similar context on the other side of the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had like partial bula or bula. We had a hundred. Yeah, and right. only one of them.
0: Was found in the field. So we do have more fragments of Buddha that came from the Yeah. but this is the the two main items that are complete and readable. The other ones are still uh, in research, most of them just carry one or two letters. So. Uh, You're not
1: expecting didn't... some post uh, revelation of, of not now but
0: there's so much more material in the in, in the line sifted. to be waiting to be sifted okay. so hopefully so yeah
1: has the material in which these these bullet were found or this bullet was found has that been sifted yet
0: uh, some of it yes and okay. some not there is only you know one place where to do the sifting, there's Bq so you get it uh, in parts but we sifted 100% of the material. The moment you understood that we are in the destruction layer, mm-hmm. 100% of the material is, is, sifted, is sifted, and then it's still some of it is still right. in the queue to exactly. be sifted. So, so I hope look, more material will come.
1: Yeah, well, just playing the odds, it looks like you'll at least get some other still impressions, whether they've got biblical names on them or not, who knows. Um, yeah. Or, but that's positive <laughs> for the future, for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, uh, we've we, we got high hopes. <laughs> high hopes. Yeah.
1: How far apart were these found, like, period-wise? like a week apart,
0: same day? Uh, no, we're talking about four four months ago, something like that. Okay, but like both of them were found in the same week? or? One uh, no, place? they were found like a few weeks apart, and okay. they were found in separate rooms. One was in, in one room and the other was in the, the room in the, in the next to it. Okay. So what do you think about this excavation
1: going forward? You said as you tend towards the west, um, it drops off uh, further, so you have more in the valley, so there's more material to get through. Right. Do you feel like you're closing in on yourself, like there's
0: only a certain amount of time left, or you could be here for another Uh Right, years, right more... now, there, there is no limit. No one is saying that we got mm-hmm. till on that this uh, date. So we are continuing doing our excavation the way we know to do it the best, as slowly and meticulously as we can. Right. If someone will come and say, okay. It's going to be stopped in, I don't know, this and this date. We will decide what to do next. But for now, it seems that it's going to be ongoing for at least one or two more years. So our plans are according to the archaeology.
1: Right. I just want to thank you very much for the interview. No problem. Appreciate it very much. Anything for you, Mr.